All right, y'all. Things are not looking good. Um, everyone can see it. You know, we can all feel it in the air when we're at home. We see it reflecting, you know, the prices of, of the things we use at home, our utilities, our regular bills, our subscription prices. Everything is going up and it's getting ridiculous. Uh, the second we step out our doors, we can see, you know, gas prices are increasing. And every time we go to the store, we see prices of all the, you know, the things we purchase increasing. But the double edged sword is. Also, while we're at the store, we're seeing more and more vacant slots on the shelves and, you know, uh, stocking issues. And anytime, you know, we get fed up and we complain about it or we inquire to, you know, store associates about it, you know, or we, you know, do our homework and we read the news and we get online, you know, you see supply chain issues and this and that and, you know, trucking and, and container issues at the ports and blah, 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 blah. And like overall, it just feels like and... I mean, it definitely is. I'm not trying to be too pessimistic or this isn't, you know, imaginary, but it definitely feels like we as a nation, America is on the decline. And for many people, you know, for many, uh, you know, people uh, who identify, you know, as people of color, communities of color, uh, people who, uh, you know, are the children of immigrants or they themselves have uh, migrated to the U.S., for a lot of those people that uh, identify in those such ways, you know, it's like America never was really on to have fallen off. You know, like everyone's like, oh, you know, where's America at? It's number one. Like it's always been number one and this and that and yada, yada. But for many people, America wasn't always number one. Like, yeah, you know, we were born here and we reside here or our families moved here or you know, we ourselves moved here and, um, but there's been hardships, you know, daily life. And that's, it doesn't, you know, go without saying that everyone experiences hardships. You know, I think it was the Buddha that said existence is pain. Life is suffering. This thing is meant to be challenging, but for some more so than others. And this is kind of, you know, this goes out to you white people and they're not in negative sense, but we just got to acknowledge truths is that, you know, for white Americans, Things have overall been, you know, fairly good. And that's a, that's a broad generalization because there's many, um, you know, communities sprinkled throughout the U.S. that are predominantly white and they have it rough as well. You know, rural Appalachia, America, you know, small towns that have been forgotten by the major cities, you know, they have it rough as well. But I'm, I'm just getting to the point of like this, this narrative, this headline where it's like, you know, oh, America's number one or America, you know, leads the world, the free world and this and that, yada, yada. It's it's yes and no. It's both things. There's two sides to every coin. There's, you know, it's a multifaceted um, topic and idea. But I can tell you, like, all that taken into consideration. It definitely feels like we're starting to take, you know, second place. As it compares to like China. And this is something like I really want to get into. It's something I listen to a lot in my personal time. And for those who are paying attention, um, you know, then we can break bread over that because you're like, likewise, like, yeah, there's a lot of things happening in the Eastern Hemisphere that's uh, really building momentum and increasing innovation. And um, I don't want to say threatening because I'll, I'll get into that more. Um, I, I like to use the word challenging. It's challenging America's previously held notion of being, you know, Numero uno, and you know we're we're the you know big boss on the block. 
And for those who aren't really paying attention, um, you know, maybe you're just completely unaware and it hasn't come across, you know, your uh, your timelines or your feeds, or maybe you choose not to to pay attention, which if I could just recommend with a grain of salt when it comes to, you know, geopolitics, socioeconomics, you know, major headline news, things of that nature for anyone who like isn't really attracted to that stuff. I can just politely recommend that I think everyone should, to a degree, be somewhat attracted to and pay attention to those things because they're very much paying attention to you. Anyone's like, oh, I don't discuss politics. I'm not interested in politics. Well, you should at least, you know, skim across it every now and then because politics are very fucking interested in you and they're very interested in us and they're dictating the way we live our lives, um, you know, regardless of us paying attention to it or not. So you might as well, you know, like I said, just have your eyeballs and your ears focused in a little bit here and there, just so you're somewhat aware. But the main thing that like stems this, uh, this episode today, um, I said, it's just something I've been focused on and listened to a lot in my personal time. Um, but another one that was just like a big, like, boop, like a big blip on my radar recently. And this is something I was just curious about myself. Um, but like on a personal note, when it comes to, you know, fitness and exercising, I'm really, uh, attracted to Olympic lifting and CrossFit. I, I love Olympic weightlifting. Um, I like CrossFit and, um, you know, just that I'm, I'm very attracted to those two categories of, of health and fitness. And, um, I was just like browsing around for like new weightlifting shoes. Not that I need any, I have some badass ones, some old school ones and this and that, but, um, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. There's a brand of uh, Olympic weightlifting shoes and apparel. Um, you know, they do like the, the official weightlifting uh, suits that you wear and then accessories and all this stuff, this and that, blah, blah. That's really big in the East. I, and it's called Anta. I believe that's how you pronounce it. It's A-N-T-A. Anta. It might be Anta. I, I'm not sure, but A-N-T-A. I'm familiar with it just because of like this niche sport or it's niche here in the U.S. that I follow. But it is growing. Um but yeah, I just happened to look. I was like, I wonder, if, I'm pretty sure they're damn near impossible to get in the US, but let me look. So I start looking around in this and that, and then I just go down a rabbit hole and I come across articles talking about how to begin like the year 2022, Anta, based off numbers, has now surpassed Adidas as the second largest sports apparel brand globally. Nike's still number one, but Anta is quickly catching up to Nike because they just put you know Adidas in the number three spot. And for those who, you know, maybe think like, hey, okay, it's just apparel. It's just, you know, clothes and shoes. Like, what's the big deal in this and that? And I'm like, well, it's kind of a big deal because it's just, and it's not a negative or a positive thing. It's just interesting to look at because, you know, Adidas that held the number two spot for who knows how many decades just got pushed back to number three. It shows you the drive and the innovation that's happening over in China and that's starting from the eastern part of the world and it kind of sweeping across the globe. It's, you know, and that's just one example. It'll it'll hit shores here eventually, or our shores eventually. But if we go and look at, um, like, like I said, for me, Olympic weightlifting conversations, you start seeing like, um, you know, Eastern European athletes wearing this brand and then Western European athletes and then African athletes. And I mean, I, even some Latin American athletes as well. So it's like, creeping up you know it's getting to america i wouldn't be surprised here in the, this year start seeing american athletes which reading more into this little did i know a major u.s athlete in a major sport 
is already a um a sponsored athlete by anta and that's clay thompson the other splash the splash brothers splash twins of the golden state warriors clay thompson's awesome one he's also awesome near and dear to my heart because weirdly enough maybe once a year people will like just out there in the public in the world will tell me i resemble him like hey you look like clay thompson one compliment thanks two you need to get your eyes checked i'm not as i don't know how tall he's a six foot six seven whatever basketball player badass athlete (laughs) and also like i'm not you know light-skinned i'm not mixed with you know african-american descent in any way so when people say that i'm like "Uh, okay cool i'll take the compliment but i don't think it applies but yeah so reading the article i was like dang and he signed with him back in 2015 and that was really interesting that article because i was like oh i you know but also i mean he's not steph curry so you know he doesn't get as much limelight even though he's a badass and then this brand who anyone who doesn't pay attention they're like oh i guess clay thompson just has made some friends uh, with folks over in china so hey all the more power to him but you read his quotes back then in 2015, you read the representative from that anti-apparel brand who was, you know, they're shaking hands and pinning deals with, with him. And um, they talked about the future. They're like, this is going to be prosperous long term. We can't wait to see where this, uh, this uh, partnership goes with Clay Thompson and any other athletes uh, creating a foothold here in the U.S. And something that that ambassador also uh, was available in his quote was talk- it was just talking about how very much so in the east athletes still move the needle culturally for any of us 90s babies and then you know our older siblings or this or that you know you bridge the line of like you know 80s uh 80s babies and 90s babies we can still remember a time where like it was the athletes that moved the needle a former sneakerhead and other sneakerheads out there like myself can attest to like hey what was it in the 90s and early 2000s like ais if you had alan iverson's you know uh the very retro ken griffey juniors um jordans are still relevant they maintain you know spot in the limelight which is awesome but like you know kobe's r.i.p r.i.p to the black mamba but um that's not so much more the case these days like you don't see this generation of kids freaking out over some ais or some you know some kobe's or or um some ken griffey's or or any other athlete uh partner shoes it's you know the the lifestyle is always the focus it's the rap star and it's the entertainer and it's the social media influencer what are they wearing the kids want to wear that too which just goes to show you like it's just very interesting the narrative that we observe because who knows how accurate it is it's just you know our outside observations to the best of our ability but checking out what they're doing over there in china just like they check out what we do and it's they're still very much driven towards like hey what what are their own you know chinese national athletes doing but then other athletes around the world um that are like sponsored by this brand or or you know contributing any way else to a um you know chinese and asian lifestyle um as a whole they're like what are they doing what are they wearing what do they look like what's their style and you know the consumer population of china soaks that up and so there's still this this focus and this emphasis on like hey athletes displaying feats of great athleticism and accomplishments and winning championships that's cool we want that like we want to be like that what was the phrase growing up in the 90s kids want to be like mike last 20 years or so you know there's i don't know what the kids want to be like anymore everyone in the u.s wants to be a fucking you know social media influencer and like also 
stories and articles and podcasts and people discussing like kind of lifestyle over there in China. Um, something that's incredible about their social media is there is huge focus and emphasis on like academic achievements and athletic achievements and, you know, innovation and things like that. Like they show and uh, display their youths and their, um, I hate to use the same word as influencer, but I mean, they are it's just different contexts of what they're influencing, but I guess like Chinese influencer stars, you know, showcasing, like I said, success and accomplishments and hard work ethic and, you know, winning championships and winning, you know, prestigious awards in academia and, um, and technological advancements and things like that. And like, they put it on display and they're proud of it. And like, that's what they aspire to. And another cool feature like they're doing, well, I don't know if it's cool. It's, it's both things. It's difficult, but it's widely reported that in China, their social media and their social video games, online gaming, things of that nature have um, a regular daily curfew of 10 p.m. And these are just reports. So if there's different reports out there, hey, my bad, but we're all just, you know, doing our own homework and observing what we can. But that's what's why they come across my feeds is, yes, they have, you know, nightly, I should say, curfews like 10 p.m. And these platforms and these uh, these websites are restricted access because the government the communist chinese party which the ccp is a whole nether deep issue um not issue a a topic a um a perspective to dive into which we will dive into further because i find it interesting um not positive not negative just interesting it's very interesting the way different human beings in different parts of the world live and i think you know being courageously curious is a good way to operate in life and that's actually a phrase or an expression from eddie izzard he was on the joe rogan podcast um i don't know a year plus ago he's been on multiple times but the most recent one and i like the way he phrased that is to be courageously curious is a great way to go throughout life be open-minded be curious about other humans other communities um other ways of life and um yeah to be courageous in those uh curious endeavors to uh, go boldly and see how other people live and to also still maintain your own integrity in the way you live and the way you and the people you care about live and seeing how we can come together more was kind of the gist I got from that expression from him. So awesome, awesome phrase. Be courageously curious. So that being said, going back to the Communist Chinese Party, the government, they uh, the government of China, they that that's difficult, right? Because if they put that notice out there, you know, nightly, or that's their way of life now, and people have, you know, adjusted to that norm where it's like, Hey, we know we need to, uh, or we're going to be forced to log off, sign off these platforms and websites and games and whatnot every night, because it's not good for our mental health. It disrupts our sleep. It's not good for our emotional health. And this is, you know, like news and, and, you know, uh, um, regularly shared information from the CCP to the population of China. So we can look at that from both angles. One, we're like, okay, that seems like a good thing where the government's like, hey, we know we all use these technologies. Um, They're beneficial, but also at the same time, they can be addictive and uh, kind of be uh, have negative influence on our emotional mental health. So we're going to clock out of this every evening, be at home, present with your families, eating dinner or, you know, be out and about in social settings and be present with your friends and whatnot, you know, just be present in the world out there. Sounds kind of like a good thing, right? We're like, oh, that's that's tolerable. Like we could maybe, you know, jive with that. But also on the same time, turn that pillow on the other side. And it's like, no, we don't like this because like, who are you to tell us to log off and, and sign off at any certain time at night? Like, what if we want to be out the bar, the club promoting that and we're out, you know, 
midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., this and like that should be our choice. And it's our freedom and it's our social media and it's our platforms and websites. And we should be able to utilize how and when, whenever we want. Don't fuck with it. Right? It's both things. You can look at it from both angles and from many other angles, I'm sure. But it's interesting. And I, I guess just to go back on the emphasis that China has seemingly, like I said, us observing from the outside, seemingly has on excellence with their people and how they want to influence being excellent and achieving things. Whereas, I mean, I don't know, like, what's our social media focus on? It's, I don't know, bullshit, really, in my opinion. It's like, oh, look at what this celebrity's doing. They're walking across the street in LA. Oh, and then there's all these different sub channels and articles and platforms and podcasts where, you know, dozens, if not hundreds of other people are then like, oh, look at this celebrity, like, crossing the street in LA. And this, I was like, who? gives a fuck like why do we focus on that stuff so much just on the glitz and glamour when these people like aren't really doing anything what happened to like you know showcasing and honoring and respecting and appreciating athletic excellence and academic excellence and technological advancement and just people being awesome why isn't there more of that you get on our social media feeds and it's either superficial bullshit or it's chaos and drama and violence and and things that we all you know know are inherently negative and they weigh down on our our hearts our minds and our souls i mean what happened was it a year ago when the uh, documentary social dilemma came out everyone's like oh my gosh i didn't realize it was having this much of an impact on us and in the way we live our lives and for folks not to toot my own horn, but folks like me who have like kind of been doing their homework and this and like this is not new information. This has been out for five, eight, ten plus years of like, yes, the same companies and the same CEOs and the same, you know, higher ups and VPs and, you know, operating officers and all these folks that create these companies, create these platforms, create these websites for all of us to consume. They themselves don't use it. They don't let their families use it. Their children use it. They're like they know the harmful effects it can have, you know through excess consumption so it's like hey this is for thee not for me we've heard the expression a lot throughout you know covid is rules for thee not for me well same thing hey this consumption this platform is for thee not for me not for we our our family and you know and our our you know fellow interested parties because hey we're gonna avoid this you know potentially negative uh harmful effects so i say all that to say like when you just take a step back, when in doubt, zoom out. That's one of my favorite little uh, lines to always remember in times when you, we know we just feel like we're too close to the problem and we feel like overwhelmed and the walls are closing in on us. Well, we can always take a step back from that wall closing in sensation. Literally take a step back, take a deep breath. When in doubt, when in doubt your situation and current uh, circumstances, when in doubt, zoom out. And we can see that like just something's going on and it's up to us to do something about it. Something's going on to where it really feels like, you know, we as Americans aren't doing too hot. We never really have been for, and this is, you know, to ruffle some feathers, but for those who may identify with the whole thought of, uh, America once was great and it's up to us to make it great again. You know who I'm talking to. Many people say, hey, America never really was great. And for people who get super assholish and they're like, make America great again. And they identify with a particular asshole. We all know what I'm alluding to. No, like 
for the majority of people, America never was quote unquote great for a particular genre, a uh, group of people, a particular class of people. Hey, America has been the cream of the crop. It's been awesome for, for you and the generations of your family before you. But for many others, it hasn't been. And so a lot of people who may identify with the ideology of America has never been great. What are we seeing now? A lot of people are packing up. They're leaving. They're relocating. They're like, hey, we're on a sinking ship and we're out of here because we don't want to we don't want to go down with the sinking ship. And I can't really blame them like to each their own. I myself am kind of in a position I'm like I'm torn between the two. Pretty much this is how Joshua approaches many issues is anytime an issue uh, I meet with an issue face to face. I then start thinking of all the different ways I can navigate through, above, below, around, circumnavigate the issue to reach the best possible solution. Sounds like many folks, they just see, you know, one single line of thought and they're like, nope, this sucks. I'm going to complain about it. Or no, this sucks. I'm going to be an asshole about it. This and that. I try not to do that. I like to believe many other people try their best to find any and every possible solution to a problem to reach the best possible destination. So that being said, part of me is like, is it is is it time to just pack up and, hey, peace out, Girl Scout, see you later, America's a sinking ship? Or the other part of me is like, no, like, we got to fight for, you know, for the idea of what this could have been. We have to fight for the potential that America could be badass and could be number one and could, you know, be the place that it's meant to be. Because in my mind, like, I'm one of those, though, I do disagree with the statement of make America great again. I completely disagree with that because I myself, you know, a child of an immigrant, being having a, a multi, uh, eth- being multi-ethnicity background, um, I've, you know, never really seen the golden, beautiful picture that is uh, what America is supposed to be, you know, the American dream. I've never fully agreed with that uh, ideology because I just think it's a hoax. I think it's a carrot being dangled in front of a rabbit. That does not go without saying that the dream that was always sold to us could not be manifested into a reality. That the dream that those old fat geezers lied about that said we could have, they said we could have it and they never meant to give it to us. Well, hey, we're here now. It's up to us to make it and take it for ourselves. Like, fuck them. Fuck the ruling classes. Fuck the, you know, the old, decrepit, withering powers that be, which I think is also why we're seeing such a dramatic change and transition happen in our lifetime, because we're seeing like the old ways, the old systems and the people who hold those systems in place. Not to be dark, but they're dying. They're getting old, 70, 80, you know, hey, humans are meant to live forever. Their bodies are expiring. Thanks. No, thanks. See you later for those in that generation. Those age group, you know, uh, are for those of of us who have grandparents and great grandparents, um, me, myself, I don't have any lineage past my two grandmothers, never knew grandfathers, never knew, you know, great grandparents, this and that. So that doesn't really apply to me, not to sound insensitive, but I'm just for those who do have grandparents and great grandparents that they're really close to and have their family history. uh, You know, said I just can't relate. So I'm not trying to sound insensitive, but hey, take it with a grain of salt. As those generations are, you know, 
moving on to the next life, the next realm, whatever happens after this human existence. It's up to us now. You know, we're here, we're now, we're young, we're knowledgeable, we're empowered. It's up to us to make the most of it. That's where I'm I'm wrestling. It's either pack up or lace up and get to work. And so I don't know. And and I'll kind of wrap up this thought with this. Um, recently, like two weeks ago, uh, the former head of the National Security Association, the NSA of America. Um, I cannot remember the, the he was General Admiral's name. Sorry. But also he was on Rogan like a week or two ago. And he had a really interesting quote that got di- dissected across like tons of other informative um, financial, you know, any type of veteran platforms, like tons of pod- other podcasts that I follow. And it was pretty much summed up as this, that the USA is not in conflict with the Communist Chinese Party. It's not, you know, U.S. democracy versus Chinese communism. There's no conflict because both parties, both entities, both nations and governments understand that due to the rapid technological advancement of the human species in the last century, the weapon systems that we all now possess could destroy the human species multiple times over. Well, no one wants that. People want to be, you know, East Eastern Hemisphere or Western Hemisphere, whomever wants to be numero uno on this, you know, blue rock of ours. In order to do that, you can't destroy the home we all live on. We can tear it up, you know, beat each other up left and right and up and down for, you know, decades and this and that. But ultimately, no one wants to destroy this ball that we live on. So instead of being in conflict, we're in competition. We're in ideological competition. We're in socioeconomic competition. We're in political competition. China and the U.S. are both participating. Some say, oh, China started this competition. They're waging competition on us. It takes two to tango. Everybody is accountable. And uh, we're, all, we're all part of this, this experience. So it's just interesting to see that now that this competition we're in, what are we going to do about it? I would like to think when it comes to competing, you know, play to win and whatever form winning winning takes remains to be uh, seen, whatever that looks like, whatever future way of life that looks like for not only us, but for them and for all the citizens of the earth, whatever the winning outcome looks like uh, will be interesting to see what form that takes. But yeah, as of right now, I'm saying it's not looking good in America. But final thought on this, because through technology, social media, mainstream media and this and that, we have never, we haven't seen and we definitely do feel in our lifetime, this is the most divided that this nation has been. These subcategories, these groups, these different ways to identify ourselves and others feels very divided, right? That we can agree on. It does not feel united at all. And so if this is, you know, rocking anyone's boat and making anyone uncomfortable, hey, we got to get out of our, comf- our out of our comfort zones to uh, to work on this issue and to reach a solution. For like, again, like, again, uh, again, excuse me, people like myself, children of immigrants. Who identify, you know, as being having a, a multi uh, 
ethnic background, multicultural background, um, you know, people of color, communities of color, those who just, you know, have never, we've, like I said, never been on board with all like, woo, America is great. Like we, you know, people in this side who have either totally disliked being an American or those who have like myself been like, Hey, we got work to do. It's not looking good. We got work to do. And then there's those who, you know, like I said, think America is great white people again this is on you and this is just acknowledging acknowledging truths not trying to be ugly about it but we have to acknowledge truths. sometimes we've got to open the closets pull the skeletons out we got to you know lift up the rug and sweep out the dust bunnies for white people like i said they have family history family legacy they know where they come from they know what their families have done what their fathers and mothers and grandfathers and grandmothers and great-grandfathers and great-grandmothers have done and for you now alive in this generation who have benefited from it regardless the push is coming to shove for all of us who reside here in america regardless of background history color creed belief all of us who are on this patch of soil right now the push is coming to shove the east has been studying us they've been learning our ways they now have a flourishing um you know middle class consumer class so to speak just like we have in the u.s they have manufacturing they have technological innovation all types of stuff going on over there because my white people your fathers and grandfathers and great-grandfathers who constructed this system who created this system for the u.s to be have a foundation of debt and credit they built this empire on a house of cards and the cards are starting to fall is what it feels like the debt collectors are coming all across the world but obviously especially china and it's it's not looking good you know like i said your grand grandfathers and great grandfathers who created this system uh it was fast money and I know some people are like, well, that's decades. And that's, you know, one or two generations. That's a long time. It's not. In the grand scheme of the human existence, that's not a long time at all. It's a blink of an eye. It's fast money they got for themselves, their constituents, their families. For those of you living in wealth right now, generational wealth that your family set up. It's, it's nice, but it's not going to last forever. Even though you may have always been led to believe it will be and you feel like it will. It's not. Because... I don't know, just feels like the clock is ticking on us. So for anyone who's kind of in that category, again, sorry, not sorry to ruffle some feathers, but you just got to acknowledge like, hey, even though your family comes from success and wealth, you're here now and it's up to you to also join the rest of us for everyone to come together and start realizing, hey, America, Americans, we got problems. And if we want to turn things around for the better, we better come together and start working on solutions. So I'll leave it at that. We just got to come together. We got problems. Seems like we got a big problem coming from the east. And uh, and whatever whatever form, uh, you know, those problems take, there is equally, and I choose to believe even more so, abundant solutions. We just got to work on it together find those solutions for the best possible outcome so that's just what i want to talk about today so yeah folks uh do your homework 
kind of, you know, listen to different uh, things, read some articles out there. The world is shifting. There's a lot of change happening between the Eastern Hemisphere and the Western Hemisphere. It's, it's very dynamic and it's very interesting. And I think just the more knowledgeable and empowered we can be together, the more we can create better uh, solutions and uh, a better future. While we're here in the present, we got to work on creating a better future. So, yeah. We'll talk more later. Uh, until next time, y'all stay safe and take care.